Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Rami got his first taste of Twin Cities traffic today in full. So that's the norm. Is that normal? In snow, is this yes. How, is this how, snowfall, yeah. In yeah. snow, yes. Is this how people drive? Yes. When, snowfall, yeah. When white stuff falls from the sky? Yes. Okay. Just checking. Yeah. I right. Unfortunately. I, I think I'm going to go drive down the street, go to, to the nearest bar close to here, and go watch the Wild and Sabres play. It starts at 6 o'clock, and there ain't no way I'm getting home before 9 at the rate things are going. It's a good call. Go down to Buffalo Wild Wings on campus and do some damage. Do I want to go to Buffalo Wild Wings, or do I want to go to a, a smaller bar? Mon Pa Bar. What do you think? Well, it is Tuesday, so B-Dubs has a deal. I mean, I, no free promotion, but I mean. But I can't eat the wings. That's oh, the problem. you can't? No, not on my Jenny Craig diet. Of course uh, I can't. You can't have a cheat <laughs> night? No. And plus, how be- long is this is, lasting? Beer is cheating, so. So what can you drink? So what can you drink while on the then? Jenny Craig diet? Oh, I'm supposed to. I uh, probably am supposed to drink water. I, I mean, alcohol. Pop. What can you drink? Oh, I'm not supposed to drink. No alcohol? You're not supposed to. No, it's oh. it's empty calories. You realize January's over. Dry January's gone. I listen. You, you think that. I enjoy this? You think I like this? You think I'm happy? Sure seems like it. I'm in a bad mood already <laughs> about those kids who hang around the coffee pot. <laughs> I ranted about it on air, and I guarantee you not one of them heard it. They're too young. They don't listen to the show. <laughs> They'll listen on demand later on a mobile device. Can we get device. them to? Yes. <laughs> Can we, we do, tell them? We do I'm very so well on demand. You're spreading, you're spreading false information about our show. Our show does very well on demand. <laughs> <laughs> do we know what, demogra- oh, nobody listens do we know what demographics we skew towards? Because uh, yes. if it's 25-year-olds, we're in great shape. I'll show you the data. Got it right on my screen right now for a report <laughs> okay. to be sent out tomorrow. Update from one Anthony Scoggins, better known as Chip. I just got a text from him. Just now getting to downtown St. Paul Exchange after leaving your station at 4 o'clock. Wow. One hour to get here. That's pretty aggressive. That's pretty aggressive. <sighs> so uh, settle in and listen to some Mackie and Jub with Rami here. Hi, Chip. Thanks for listening. So according to just to the to Andrew's question off of the, the Maya Moore news today, Maya Moore is not going to play professional basketball in 2019. And she wants to follow her passion, which is no longer basketball as much as it was before this press release was sent out. It is uh, ministry work, and it is it is her religious work. And Andrew asked the question, okay, well, if is there a way for WNBA players to just make some more money? So WNBA players, the highest paid players, are capped at around $115,000. And 
And NBA players, the minimum is somewhere between 500000 and a million dollars. Well, the NBA brings in $7.4 billion in revenue, and players get, I want to say, 50 or 51% of that revenue. I don't have WNBA revenues in front of me, but there is a Forbes article that does some estimations, and they go through a TV deal. Um, they go through some of the attendance figures, etc. But the main point from the article is that WNBA players only get 25% of the overall revenue pie, as opposed to NBA players. So let's... Let's forget about combining the two revenue pies together, which is what some people would like. Let's just treat them as separate revenue pies. NBA players get 50% of their revenue pie. WNBA players get 25% of their revenue pie. And that seems like a discrepancy. Yeah, that's a problem. When before you before you read me those numbers, I was going to say, well, is it proportional in terms of what they may compared to what the league as a whole makes? In WNBA versus the NBA, and obviously it is not. If if NBA players are getting 50% of the pie, then WNBA players should get 50% of the pie. Which is still going to be significantly less than what sure NBA well. players make. But I think that's, that's only fair. You're right. But l- let's bring this conversation back to Maya Moore, a s- superstar player, all right? Mm-hmm. And so let's just say it's a bottom line business and, and people be damned here. I want to make as much as possible. I own a team. All right. And I don't care if most of my players aren't doing well. I'm ruthless. I'm thoughtless. I don't care. But to come back to more and, and she, she is probably stepping aside, not because of this, but to come back to her, she is a huge selling point. Right. So my ultimate point in this conversation is when we're talking about a player like her who ESPN wants to show who people want to see this would be a step to me from a business standpoint purely business not personal to step in and say okay with a player like that we have to at least go we have to have the ability to go back to her and say we appreciate that you might be stepping aside from your sport for for reasons that are outside of your salary but we are prepared to offer you Two million dollars, three. Pick pick a number that no other player in the league makes. Because from a business standpoint, losing her is bad for me. And obviously, two parts off of what you just said. We don't know if that would matter to her. Maybe she would still say, Absolutely. "It's not about money. I'm not. It really isn't about money." But let's say it is sort of about money, and you were to say, "All right, we're gonna we're gonna rethink this whole thing. We're gonna give you two million dollars." because we want to keep you in the league and it's great for marketing and we love you and et cetera, et cetera. That now sets a precedent. Okay, what do you do when the next 20 players right behind her say, wait a second, Yeah, if she's making $2 million, I'm better than she is. If you're Candace Parker, if you're, uh, if you're uh, Della Don, if you're, I mean, there's a bunch of players that would say, "I'm wait a second, she's good, but I'm better than she is. Now you're rethinking the entire financial model, and are you now borrowing from the NBA's revenues? And then now the NBA players are, are NBA players funding WNBA player salary. And I get why this is complicated if it is about money, and I understand why. the The question seems simple: Why don't if Kevin Durant makes thirty million dollars or forty million dollars, why does Maya Moore make a hundred thousand dollars? That's BS on the surface. Women's basketball players deserve more money than that. But when, they, you, when you dive into some of the complications of, well, these are two separate chunks of revenue pie. Okay, well, let's start going into 
attendance figures and TV deals and all those things, it gets complicated. They deserve more, but they don't deserve sure. to make the same as an NBA player makes. I mean, if the, you're just talking about percentage of revenues, right? Then, yeah. The more you make for your boss, the more money you will make. So just doing simple rough math here, you said they get 25% of the pie versus NBA players who get 50% of the pie. Right? Yes, according to Forbes. If if right now they're maxed out at $115,000 for a max player in the WNBA, I wouldn't go as far as Judd is saying where I would pay him 2 million or even a million dollars because I don't I don't know if that's a sound investment. I don't know if you make your money back on that and these guys are running a business. You want to be as fair as you can. I want employees to be compensated as well and as fairly as they can, not just in sports, but across the board. I don't want to see CEOs and owners of companies just stuffing their pockets with cash while their employees scrape to make ends meet. But at the same time, if if right now $115,000 is, is the max for a player in the NBA, I would say $230,000 is, is, is fair for a max in the WNBA if we're just going to double their slice of the pie and then and then it trickles down from there so then the next highest paid player would make double what they're making now whatever that is i couldn't tell you but i I wouldn't go as far as getting into the millions at this point when talking about what to pay wnba players i don't think that's a sound investment and i don't know if what i'm talking about would be enough to convince my more to keep playing basketball Yeah. yeah another way to look at this too would be all right the 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 nba has a salary cap and a salary floor and then within those parameters you get to decide how much you want to give Kevin Durant versus how much you want to give to Michael Beasley, right? Mm-hmm. So if if you looked at it that way, and okay, the Minnesota Lynx have X amount of dollars to spend between the salary cap and the salary floor, and players are going to get X percentage of the overall revenues. Well, Maya Moore should make a lot more money than the third player off the bench, but in this system, she doesn't. In this system, she makes a hundred thousand, and some. Scrap bench player makes fifty or sixty thousand, right? Well, why should why can't she make three hundred thousand? And and you you know, I, but then again, are you going to pay someone fifteen thousand dollars to play professional basketball? I don't know the answer to that but either. Why why not ha- have an exemption for each team to go above and be beyond the salary structure? Like have a cap, one player exemption. Yes, have have a cap, but then there's one player that, that can exceed that, that cap. And if you if you want want to pay that player a lot, that's fine. I just I go back to the point of her not playing is bad for business. If I'm Taylor, if I'm this league, this is not a good thing. And I don't want players now saying, you know what, Maya Moore, that's not a bad idea. Because you, the easiest way to put yourself out of business is to have your best players be like, you know what, you guys are never going to get it. Peace out. See you later. But another good way to go out of business is by overpaying your employees. Again, it's all it's, your employees. Yes, but not. But I don't think the superstar. Well, I think the superstar employee and we know them when when we see them at least deserve to have the ability to make more. There are people far more qualified than me to make this decision, but it comes back to the equation of return on investment. Am I going to lose more money by not having Maya Moore and her walking away from the game than I would if I paid Maya Moore a couple million dollars, like you said. Am I going to make am I going to make that back in ticket sales, jersey sales, whatever media Television. deals that they have? Television's big here. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Am yep. I am I going to make back the return on my investment? Because that's what it is when you pay an employee. That's a, that's an investment, and you're assuming that they're going to make back what you paid them for you. And then some. I need to make a profit off of Maya Moore if I'm the owner of the Lynx.
I mean, it's just that simple. I know it's not, we're we're talking about people like their properties or, or like no, like right, their fans. assets, yeah. but that's that's how a business their is business run. assets, right? That's exactly. Correct. Mackie okay. and Judd with Rami. Let's go to Allen in Minneapolis. We're talking the, the Maya Moore situation. Well, hi guys. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Uh, the, one of the persons on the uh, on radio may have been making my point already, but uh, I guess I wanted to to say first of all, I would love to see all the WNBA players make more money. I think they have a fantastic product. Um, but the point I wanted to make is there are such things as fixed costs, and and when, you know when you look at the uh, the equation where fifty percent of the uh, the income goes to the NBA players. Well, perhaps 25% is all that can be given um, because at, at a certain point the league has to cover their, or the teams have to cover their fixed costs, and that same 50% rule may not may not leave enough. Yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah, Alan, it, it's a very fair point. And the, the, uh, the WNBA has not been super open about what's in their books. Oh, you know, no, not can, at all. You're right. You can find all kinds of yes. public uh, anecdotes about the NBA and the NFL and what the, I mean, they're, they're happy to tell you it's an $8 billion chunk of pie and we're awesome and approaching the <laughs> NFL's territory, right? The WNBA is not, the, the WNBA is not out there ready to say, well, we only make whatever fraction of what the NBA pulls in. So they keep it under wraps. So because we we know if the NBA's chunk of pie is eight billion dollars and the players get fifty one percent, now we can start to figure out. All right, and we know what the TV deals are; they get reported all the time. But until we know what the full structure is, maybe maybe and, Alan has a point. Maybe maybe the operating costs are too high to give the women more money. And the the difficult thing about this discussion comes down to: can the WNBA players go on strike or afford to? Because if because that's how you get concessions, right? But then, if the league turns around, it's like, okay, you know what, we're done. So the so the real discussion here is eventually going to get to: is this league popular enough, and does it have enough of a following where if the players walk out and it's gone, people are going to respond by being upset? Because if they don't care, you're dead. I hate to change the subject on you guys real quick. No, but that's we like like did a half hour on in this. the WNBA. I mean, not in the WNBA, but in the <laughs> NBA itself. Like there's there's this trend of guys make making cryptic tweets. Like they just will tweet like some sort of hashtag or emoji, and we don't know what it means. Carl uh, Anthony Towns just tweeted this out 33 seconds ago. Just a hashtag. Just a hashtag. He, he <laughs> tweets weird there's, stuff. There's nothing Phil behind can it. Attest to that. It's just a hashtag. It's just. Is it a pocket tweet? I don't. Just, I don't know. It's you know, just. He's tweeted some weird. He's done some weird stuff on Twitter before, and we've tried to basically deduct if it means something, and sometimes it means nothing. What What can that possibly mean? Can we decode this? What's just a? It's just maybe, a hashtag. Maybe he's on the elliptical machine, and it's hard to because when your arms are going, you're <laughs> Hold trying, on trying to find a song, you're trying to. The wolves are Twitter. where tonight? The wolves Memphis? are in Memphis. Yes. Okay, that's Central's time, right? And they just tweeted a picture that says "We here," and it's a picture of uh, three guys: Andrew Wiggins, uh, let's see, Dudley, and Lou Aldang. Dudley and Dang look really intense and focused, like they're here to play a game. Andrew Wiggins just smiling and looking down at his phone, like this. <laughs> yeah. All right, it's, it's it's five sixteen, so the bus probably just pulled up, right? Yeah, it might be a pocket tweet. Then it's Phil funny. might be right. I don't know, or maybe he's maybe he just got traded to the Celtics. 
Guess we'll uh, guess we'll have to wait through the break to find out. We'll do now some that, digging for you. Now that was some reckless speculation there, yeah. Phil. What well, if he got that trending? Just a, uh, just a hash, just a hashtag. <laughs> what if that got trending now? Climb fifty three or one hundred five floors of the Capella Tower in downtown Minneapolis on February sixteenth for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society's twenty nineteen Big Climb Minneapolis. You can help fight blood cancer and join Team Mackey for only $15. Join us at scorenorth.com, keyword climb now. Yes, thank you, Jonathan. And anyone out there, if you have someone in your family who is or has battled successfully or otherwise blood cancer, $5 would be amazing. If you want to donate more than that or if you want to climb the Capella Tower with me and our crew, a week from Saturday, MackieLLS.com, or you can, like Jonathan said, you can go to the LLS of Minnesota website and go find uh, Big Climb. You said Big Climb. Did we say there's a, a keyword on scorenorth.com there, too? Climb. Just climb. climb. Yep. I should know, but <laughs> there's a million say, ways you can donate to the cause. Throw it back on Jonathan, poor guy. <laughs> He's got the notes. But, but uh, yeah, you can climb with us. You can donate, and we would really appreciate that. That would be uh, That would be awesome. Gentlemen, it's uh, it's been a while since we've done this. I want to mock. Mock. I want to mock. Mock. I want to mock. I have in front of me here. Actually, hold on. Let's uh, let's make this official. How do we make it official? Oh, okay. Football music. All right. Football. I should have known. Ball. I should have known better. A three-round mock. From NFL.com. Ooh. Who's ready for it? So ready. Let's try to find out who the who the author of this is. Chad Reuter. Reuter. He's a draft analyst. Reuter. He's great. Is he? He's really, really good. <laughs> really? No, I'm serious. He is really good. The guy who, who talked about the Packers knows exactly who Chad Reuter is. I go way back with Chad Reuter. Chad Reuter, actually, he... Uh, oh. I do. I'm serious. He had. He was. <laughs> he was just doing this like on his own, like for his own purposes. Like he had a website. He put a lot of time, a lot of research into it, and like and got attention and just climbed the ladder through through hard work. He and he does fine, fine work. Now we we mock mock drafts as we should, but when it comes to scouting and 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 uh, finding out what these guys are and who they might be at the next level, Chad Ryder okay. is as good as they come. That's. An amazing endorsement. Thank you. Now we'll have to find out in this three-round mock draft if he has gone down the right path for the Vikings. And, and if he hasn't, we're going to rip him apart. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to shred him. So we'll go through a couple highlights here from, from Chad Reuter, NFL.com. He is mocking Nick Bosa to the Cardinals number one overall. He has, let's see here, who are the, I want the quarterbacks. What's just in the quarterbacks? Dwayne Haskins from Ohio State, number six overall to the Giants, taking over for Eli Manning. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Drew Locke taking over for, or soon will be, Blake Bortles in Jacksonville out of Missouri at number seven overall. And Kyler Murray going 10th to the Broncos. Interesting. Three quarterbacks in the top 10, according to Chad Reuter. Kyler Murray 10th, huh? Okay. Daniel Jones, quarterback from Duke, going 13 to the Dolphins. So all kinds of quarterbacks. But let's get to the Vikings. He's got three rounds worth of Vikings picks, starting with number 18 overall. A defensive tackle from Houston named Ed Oliver. Chad Reuter doesn't know anything about <laughs> football. <laughs> You're Clown my, you, call, you call your buddy and tell him to get a new job. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Second round. Second round. Better be good. 
Number 50 overall to the Minnesota Vikings, according to NFL.com's Chad Reuter. An offensive tackle huh? from Wisconsin mm-hmm. named David Edwards. Now you like Chad. Is David Edwards? I can't even read my own handwriting. <laughs> is, there an, is there an offensive tackle yes. named David Edwards? Yes, from there Wisconsin? is. Yes. <laughs> okay. And third round, number 81 overall to the Minnesota Vikings, according to Chad Reuter from NFL.com. The Vikings select a safety from Florida named Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. I want to mock. Mock. I want to mock. So replacement, huh? Yeah. So defensive tackle, offensive tackle, and safety. Do you have the first five. round in front of you still, or is it gone? I do. Can you tell me how many um, ta- offensive tackles are listed as going before the Vikings' 18 pick? Because according to a caller today, his offensive line guy told him, I believe it was four. There are four first-round offensive tackles. See, so there's one at nine, one at fifteen. Yep. Okay. And that's it. That's it. I think the. I think. And then there's one at twenty-three. Okay. Andre uh, Dillard from Washington State. And then there's another one at twenty-eight. Dalton is it Dalton Risner from yes. Kansas State? Yes. Yes, those are the... A mean, a mean dude, according to the stuff that I've read so far. If there okay, is that, a first-round graded offensive tackle on the board when the Vikings pick comes up and, and they don't take him, like, let's just shut it down. Anarchy. I want a mock! <laughs> Hell the pay. You think, you think today's bad? You think today people are mad? <laughs> the Viking vent line is going to actually light on fire at that point <laughs> if, if they do that. Smoke. It's just going to go up in flames. Well, now, Chad Reuter, though, is not the only guy who has the Vikings taking a defensive player with their first-round pick because I have Matt Miller from the Bleacher Report. Hold on a second. First-round mock, mock draft. Mock. Let's make it official. I want to mock, mock. Now, for this one, actually... Jonathan, you could just go a cappella and hum some NFL films music. That would be great. <laughs> no. Because, <laughs> I can't get that low, though. That's so rawhide. Like, Sorry. It just doesn't work. Matt Miller, who I also go way back with, he has them taking linebacker out of Michigan, Devin Bush. I want a mock. Mock! Wait, wait, wait. What position? Linebacker out of Michigan, Devin Bush. Can you play the car crash sound, please? <laughs> Do we have a car crash sound? Yeah, the one hold that on, goes off the rails. Let me just hold the mic out the window here. You'll hear one happen. <laughs> that goes off the rails. Like oh, a, that that, that's screeching. When you used to derail the show. Yes. <laughs> that's what we need. that is anymore. A linebacker? There it is. That's what he says. Do you want the scouting report? How deep do we want to go into this? He says, Bush has developed into a force at linebacker since being a top high school recruit three seasons ago. He might not have great height, listed at 5'11", but his 240-pound frame is stout. Paired with his excellent athleticism and instincts, Bush has all the tools to be an impressive rookie starter Hmm. as a three-down impact player. Interesting. I'm sold. Yeah, Jonathan, if, if, if they take a linebacker, I will rage. I will actually be upset. If these guys take a linebacker in the first round, I will be upset. Well, it would be after free agency. So is it? this is a good segue, actually. Andrew Kramer sat in this very chair today from the Star Tribune and one of the founding fathers of the Purple Podcast, too, Andrew Kramer, from four years ago. <laughs> and Andrew sat in on Purple Daily today, and he reported, and you can read this on StarTribune.com, the Vikings are considering moving Riley Reef to left guard so they would have 
That's what an eleven million dollar. How much does Riley? Re- he's very well compensated, especially for a guard. Yeah. If he moves over to guard. Yeah. Is it possible the Vikings would move Riley Reef to plug one opening and then they would sign a left tackle in free agency and thus opening up the first round for other positions not named offensive line? We talked about sense? Yeah, we I talked about this when uh, Chip was in for the final hour of a Collar show and actually came to the conclusion that they would be much more likely to draft if they move Reef to draft that tackle because I think Collar came up with one free agent that might be worth spending on. It's the Tampa Bay left tackle, but you would have to overpay him by so much. It would be a dumb expenditure. So the point was that they would probably, if they're going to move Reef to guard, they would probably be much more likely to take one of these four tackles and start that guy at left tackle. But here's my question. Look at as. You just said, Phil, look at Reeves' salary. Can you really justify having him play guard at that salary? Well, okay, I, but okay, in a vacuum, it's not ideal to just be shelling out like record amounts of money for a new position. Do you know where he would rank? Because I, I, I have it up in front of me right now. Do you know where Riley Reef would rank amongst guards at $11 million as far as what he's being? I paid? think number one, right? No, not quite. Oh, Zach Martin three. of the Cowboys makes $14 million a year. Uh, Andrew Norwell of the Jaguars makes just over 13. Kevin Zeitler from the Browns, he makes 12 million a year. Kalechi Osamele makes 11.7 million. And then Trey Turner makes 11.25. He would be tied for the sixth highest paid guard in the league with Gabe Jackson of the Raiders. So that makes it a little bit, at least you're not setting a new bar. So he's he's not number one. And Adrian Peterson at one point was making twice as much money as the next. Running highest paid running back. Okay, it doesn't make sense anymore. And you can't use him on third down. This is ridiculous. But the Vikings are in a win-now window. Say what you will about the Vikings' actual chances to beat the Saints in New Orleans in a playoff game or the Patriots if they make it. Doesn't matter. The Vikings are in a win-now window. And I don't think we can sit here and parse apart. Well, you can't move Riley Reef to guard because he's not the sixth. He'd be more like the ninth best guard, this or this. If you think moving him to guard opens up a spot for you to draft a tackle that helps fix your overall offensive line, it's not as much about him being overpaid slightly at guard for me. It's about, is this offensive line better than it was last year and and giving Kirk Cousins a chance? Then you have to make sure that the tackle that you take can come in and be really good. And, and And here's where Rick will have to be challenged. I would say this, Rick, if you're going to do this, then I need you to give up some of those precious draft picks with with which you build this team and always say I need 10 picks. I need you to move up then. I need you to t- I need you to come away and tell me that you've gotten w- one of the two best left tackles who can step in and play and be really good. And so don't so don't t- don't talk to me about 2020, 2021. If you're going to do this, you better damn well be sure that you're going to get a guy that we consider to be a significant upgrade on refat left tackle. Uh, on a sort of a parallel note here, isn't it fun to just be talking meat and potatoes offensive line pretty much all offseason? That, that, I heard Collar on Purple Daily today that every time he tries to post an article about something or a tweet about Chad Beebe and like the instant response back is, well, if they don't have an offensive line. I mean, that's where all roads point to for the Vikings. All, all roads that don't point to Kirk Cousins, who who is who he is and gets paid what he is, uh, what he does. 
all the other roads pretty much point to offensive line, right? That if you stack the Vikings up, I'm fine. Maybe they don't have the best defense in the NFL, but it's still a top five ish defense. Kirk Cousins isn't going anywhere. You got Dalvin Cook, you got Adam Thielen, you got Kyle Rudolph and Stefan Diggs, and you're just sitting here twiddling your thumbs, waiting for them to be able to block at an adequate level. Every year in my time in Milwaukee, the, the, it, the question came down to this as far as the Packers and how far they could go, how successful they could be. We, we looked at it and we went, okay, Aaron Rodgers and the offense is going to be this, right? It's gonna, we know what, you, what to expect from Aaron Rodgers and the offense before the last couple of years. Knowing that, how good does the defense have to be for them to be a Super Bowl contender? Do they need to be 15 to 20, 10 to 15? How, how highly ranked does the Packers defense need to be to complement what Aaron Rodgers and the offense does enough for them to be in the discussion for a Super Bowl? I think here it's sort of the opposite because the defense is the strength of this team and what should carry them. I think you look at this team and you go, okay, how many rungs up the ladder does Kirk Cousins and that offense need to go to, to complement what that defense does enough for them to be in the discussion for the Super Bowl. How good does the Vikings offense need to be, in your guys' opinion, to complement that defense enough? It doesn't need, need to be great. It needs to be it needs to be efficient. And and here's the okay, so here's the one thing if we, we go true football geek that we probably aren't factoring in enough or talking enough about. And that is let's get away from the personnel for a second and let's talk about this. The actual scheme. Kubiak's going to bring a zone blocking scheme, and I know that's the ultimate geek of geeks, but Kubiak, I think, is going to, the reason why they went out and got him and probably paid him really well, and it makes sense, is because if you look at the success of his offensive lines and what they do well, I do believe that personnel-wise, this group was probably not put consistently in a position to succeed in 2018, and coaching doesn't fix the whole thing, but it fixes some of that. And so if you come back with a... Offensive line blocking scheme that makes sense. It's going to go a long way towards taking your personnel packages and putting them in a position to have success that I don't think they were given the opportunity to have this past season. Football. How did that feel? Felt really good. I still have a mock in my pocket, though. Should I just hold on to that for next time? Or Oh, I thought you were just happy to see me. <laughs> <laughs> or you guys want to know. Who Dane Brugler is, is that a mock in your pocket? Just happy to see me. Do you guys want to know? Mock in my pocket, my new band. Who Dane Brugler of the Athletic I wanna, I wanna know. has the Vikings taking? Yeah. Do you know? Uh, I do not I go way back with Dane Brugler. No, okay. Unlike Matt Miller and Chad Ryder, uh, Dane Brugler of the Athletic has the Vikings with number eighteen taking. And I love the name, but I don't think most people love the pick. Greedy Williams, cornerback, LSU. Another first-round cornerback. Yes. That will be a riot. What was his name again? That will be a legit riot. Greedy Williams. I want a mock. Mock. Got it, man. I love the name. I want I love it. That's the perfect name like, for a defensive like, back, too. I don't like the pick, but I love the name. <laughs> Can you imagine? He picks it off, goes all, all the way back. The amount of sayings that you could potentially yeah, have. I think it's more, I think the, the sayings are more like if he were to try and jump a route and gets burned on a Got a little move. greedy. <laughs> yeah. Got a little greedy. Right. Yep. Okay. We wrap with Royce shortly here on the all-new Score North on 1500. Mackie and Jeb with Royce. 
Thank you, Jonathan. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North on 1500, scorenorth.com. That's where you can find all our shows as well as on your favorite podcast app. Just search Score, S-K-O-R, North, and you'll find fine shows there like Roycey Unchained and Roycey on Baseball. And those are both including Pat Roycey, who joins us now to wrap with Roycey. Pat, how are you this afternoon, sir? I'm fine. It's about 82 and sunny here. Uh, Hang up on I drove up to Tampa in my convertible today, and it was fantastic. You know, I'm not uh, offensive I'm, things. In I'm that not. I'm not, I'm not a warm weather guy. So <laughs> Pat bragging about the temperature and the weather down in Florida hasn't bothered me until today. Where Pat, it seriously took me an hour each way to go to Uptown and back from our glorious studios here and on I University Avenue. I got news for you. Yes. I got news for you. It's going to get worse. Thanks. Getting home is going to be worse. Appreciate it. Why are you in Tampa? God. Yeah. I am in Tampa at a lightning game. How bored are you? <laughs> no, I'm, uh, I'm going to do a piece on how this town has become the uh, hockey capital of the South. Okay. It's, uh, They're good. They pack them in. And, uh, you know, when uh, Phil Esposito started this and they were playing in the arena like the Fairgrounds Coliseum, uh-huh. nobody thought it would come and turn into this, did they? No, not this, because they are really, really good, and they've been really good for a while. Yes, and they put people in the building, and uh, what do they got? I think they got 13 points more than any other team in the Eastern Conference. If I'm I'm not mistaken, too, Patrick, Phil still applies his trade as the radio analyst for the Lightning, so he's in the building. I am going up to see him right now, as a matter of fact, when I get done here, because I had Louie text him and tell him to talk to me, so... When you can go back to his boyhood buddy, that's not pretty good. Yeah, that's uh, that feels like one of the more unlikely sports teams to be popular in the city that they're in. I'm trying to think of others yes. around the uh, the country, but that's got to be a top three unlikely pairing of sports to city and it being popular. Yeah, and uh, you know, it, and Phil, they had to get through plan. I think it was three years in a in a in basically. A uh, uh, convention hall at, at a fairgrounds, and then they played in the. How long did they play in the the, the uh, Tropicana Field, Judd? Seven, eight years over there. Yeah, right? a while. Six, six uh, several years over there. So uh, they, but they managed to survive that. And this owner they got, everybody loves the guy. And he's the guy that gives away fifty thousand to a charity every night, every home game. They have some kind of a you know, drawing or something, and somebody can donate 50000 to a charity. Is it that the sport has caught on and is actually popular there, or is it just that the team is good? Like, if they if they weren't a good hockey team tomorrow, would they get raise-like attendance at their game, or do you think that they've no, actually I built think, something? No, they've built a base of uh, fans here now. I mean, they, you know, if you're lousy for three years, they might give up on you, but, uh, you know, they're, uh, you know, it's, it's, there's people wandering around in a lot of lightning gear here. And uh, there's also, you know, they're playing tonight, the Knights. And uh, I've seen some people in Knights gear. Now, so nobody's flying in from Las Vegas. And you can't have Knights fans in Florida already, can you? So I don't know where these people, I guess they're just trying to be cool. I don't know how that Probably, works. yeah. Hey, what do you yeah. make? What, what do you make? Maya Moore sent out the official uh, notice that she will not be playing professional basketball in 2019. What do you make of that? I think that she did not perform up to her standards last year. 
and she uh, was exhausted. And uh, after all those years of all those games, uh, she just decided that she's going to take a year off. She's, as she pointed out in her in her uh, players' tribune things, extremely religious and uh, wants to spend a lot of time working on that. Uh, I think she'll play again, but uh, I don't think it has anything to do with the uh, links putting what of the WNBA version of the franchise tag on her. I don't think she. What I heard right off the bat was she just didn't think she wanted to play, and she made it official today. So, Patrick, do, do you think that it makes sense, and this would certainly be tough for Cheryl to do in her uh, coaching role, but since she's GM too, does this make sense to try and be bad for at least one summer? Hey, they're going to be your favorite team, Judd, because they're going to tank from the get-go here. Love it. <laughs> you don't even have to advise them to go in the tank. I think they're. Uh, I think they're going to try to David Robinson, uh, uh, Tim Duncan, uh, the league here uh, now because you know you can, if you don't have her, you can't. You might make the, the squeeze into the playoffs, but you can't do anything. Eight out of twelve, you could finish in the top eight, but uh, yeah, if you don't have her, there's uh, you know, there's no reason to work too hard to try to punch up your team for this year. Yeah. Pat, we are, uh, if my math is right, we're a week away from pitchers and catchers, right? 13th. Uh, I think they report, what, what's today, the 6th? The 5th today. Yeah, yeah. I think they might show up on the 12th and uh, and start on the 13th. Uh, tomorrow is the real kickoff of spring training, though, because as I told you yesterday, Lavelle arrives tomorrow. So oh, of course. The city of... <laughs> I think they're greeting him at the airport and giving him a key to their city. You know, they, they know how good he'll be for the economy when he gets here. Uh, when he when he gets here, but yeah, yeah, it's a it's a uh, uh, a week, and uh, this is just amazing. As we talked about uh, yesterday, but these guys is somebody going to sign here pretty soon? What are we waiting for? Let's go here. No, they're not. I mean, it's clear that it's not. And I, I saw that, that they're already making plans for the second consecutive year, Patrick, to have this alternate spring training camp for all these guys that haven't signed yet. Including uh, Bryce Harper and Manny Machado going to show up for that one? As of now, do who the have, hell knows? Do they, have, do they have to show off their skills before they can get signed? I I don't uh, I don't get this. I, uh, you know, but it's for us. Who's, who's got Manny? Who's Manny's agent, you know? Uh, it's another super know. agent, right? Who is who is it? Must it's, be. It's a group, right? Must be. I thought it was a group uh, that had him. It's like the other one wants to. It's like the first one who signs blinks, right? Although Manny might as well admit that he's not going to get as much money as Harper and take what he could get. What What if he ends up with the Whiteys for two hundred million? They uh, <laughs> Whiteys might have a pretty damn good lineup with all the kids they have coming up. So yeah, and they'll play. They get they'll splash around too. The White Sox are the White Sox have been a money spending organization. They just can never. It's like they can never get the young thing together with the old guys. It's always sort of off for the last fifteen years. Yeah, well, that one year that uh, what they were going to take one last shot with Adam Dunn and those guys and won sixty some ball games. Yeah, didn't quite. Uh, didn't, didn't quite work out. You know, that's, uh, I think Adam Dunn was the first real sign that uh, velocity was becoming an issue for hitters in baseball. When he, he always struck out, but when he was hitting 170, that was a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. Our guy yeah, that's Logan not Morgan, good. Morgan, I wonder what our guy Logan Morrison's going to be. Is he going to get a TV job? He might get a TV job. 
Did he officially announce his retirement, or are we just no, saying based on last year? Don't you think they're just retiring him? <laughs> it seems to me that he's being retired, whether he wants to or not. So. Yeah. Are you? Uh, do you think CJ Crone is going to be? Do you think? Do you think he's a legit thirty home run type of a guy, or does he have a drop off like Logan Morrison did with the Twins last year? No, he won't be that bad. He won't be that bad, will he? he, he you know, I don't. I don't know. I was never terribly excited about him, but. Uh, you know, he's he's going to put the ball in play more than Tyler Austin, so I I don't know. He'll be okay. Where's he going to hit? Sixth? Or if he's got to hit higher than sixth, then you got a bad lineup. So. Last year, Pat, we saw a lot of guys who who weren't signed until close to camp or even while camp was going on struggle when the season started, including right here with Lance Lynn. Do you th- is that a concern with you when it comes to guys the caliber of Machado and Harper, or do you think that they show up and just start mashing baseballs? Uh, those two guys I wouldn't worry about, uh, but if it gets past March 10th or so, then I, then I would worry about it. I mean, Harper had a horrible start last year because he was worried about how much money he was going to make this year. Uh, so... I, I, those two I wouldn't worry about, but there's a lot of guys I, I would worry about. And uh, the Twins pretty much have vowed, haven't they, because of what happened to them last year, that they aren't going to have late signings? Yeah, basically they, they did, yes. Haven't they said that? Yeah. Yes, they so, did. And uh, that's that's probably not a bad idea. Yeah. Uh, well, enjoy hockey tonight, Pat. I'm pr- I uh, will. Uh, I'm proud I'll of you. Yeah. This will tie me for the number of wild games I've seen with the lightning. So. <laughs> Just don't forget, you're not in the state of hockey. Yeah, well, they think they are. So, well, All right. They're uh, good. See ya. Bye. Bye. Heroes of Dixie. Goodbye. <laughs> Hilarious. Oh, I love how he just keeps going. We should do. We should do a, a wrap with Ricey session where we ask the first question, one question, and then just let him go. Let Let's him see go. how far he goes. Oh, he'll keep going. He'll fill the space. He'll just transition. He might wonder at some point, "Are you guys still there? Did I drop?" I'll be like, "Hello, <laughs> Hello. No, Hello. We're Hello. no, we're we're right here, Pat. We're, Hello. Still, we're still good." I love the fact that he gets in his convertible, drives across the state to a hockey camp. He loves Florida so much. He it really is like, with how much he loves baseball and just going to kind of random sporting events. So he's got two ballparks right there. Yeah, he's got That's Twins and Red Sox. He's in his element. I just love yes. the fact he went to a Lightning game now. I called Louie and told Louie to have Phil talk to me. You knew he was comfortable when his his first when he when he got that condo a few years ago, mm-hmm. and he's sitting shirtless out in the outfield at Hammond Stadium, <laughs> and has Chip take a picture of him. Like God, you know that you're God bless Chip for doing. You're that feeling too. it then. You know you're feeling hey, it at that Chip, point. Take a picture. <laughs> I think I think I might have drawn the line right there. I'm not sure I could have done it. If you were Chip? Yeah. I'm not, I'm not or sure you I were, or if you were it. Pat, take the shirt off. Which line oh, would you? Oh, both. Okay. Oh, yeah. No, I could take the shirt <laughs> yeah, off Please for sure. keep your shirt on, Judd. Oh, yeah. Please. No, it's not. Don't believe me. Can we just make that a rule on the show? We all keep our shirts on, no That's matter the circumstance? Fair. No. No. I'm not living by that one. <laughs> when's the la- show Friday. Jonathan wants to show off his Adam Levine tattoos. Yeah. When, <laughs> when's the last time that you took your yes, shirt off in public? Oh man! I don't think I, I think it's been since I think the last time I took my shirt off in public I was eighteen. Well, define what? Probably wait, when I was wait, at, wait, in public. Wait, 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 wait. What do you what, define what? public? Like the beach, like a beach or a boat or something like that. Thirty years ago? Jeez! I'm not show, I'm not showing this to people. I they don't deserve that. Wait, you haven't been to like 
Like what? A pool party or something. I leave my content. I leave a t-shirt on. Yeah, I'm shirt at the pool guy too. Oh yeah. yeah. I used to be, oh, but I, I just said own ah, it. Who cares? Nobody needs no, I've it's not it. it's not about owning it or not owning it. It's about it's about being courteous. I, nobody wants to see this. It's about public <laughs> perception. <laughs> it's about hair on my back. <laughs> exactly. It's about being kind to those around yeah, you. Do they really deserve nah. that? They don't need this. Exactly. Thank nobody you, needs Riley. to see this. Deep rooted no. insecurity here. No, it's not. It's about disgustingness. I'm with I'm with Judd, the last time I took my shirt off was probably when I was like 17 in a shirts versus skins game. Exactly. God. Good Lord. Thanks, Robbie. No problem.